Uh, welcome to the Aussie Villains Podcast. Paul flying solo tonight, so unfortunately you have to hear my dulcet tones. Stoked after the 6-1 thrashing at Brighton. It's been a few days. We're looking forward to another European adventure tomorrow and another winnable game on Sunday night. This is the Aussie Villains Podcast. Up the villa. Offside in the build-up. I think he's been able to keep that in. It's not a question of an offside here because the uh, there is a, an Aston Villa player that is off the field. The check is complete and the goal will stand. Watkins in space. Here is Ollie Watkins on the ball on a hat trick, and he delivers. His second hat-trick of the season, and it's still only September. Ramsey. There's five. Brighton blown away. A kind of performance that will make even the most die-hard Aston Villa supporter believe. As we said, I'm flying solo tonight. It's Paul from the Aussie Villains podcast, Rhino, Spud and Tess, unfortunately out of action for tonight. I'm sure they're looking very much forward to tomorrow morning's game. But let's go back because you have to enjoy every single win you ever have, right? So let's go back to that win against Brighton. On the podcast last week, um, I believe Rhino said we'd win. I said it'd be a one-all draw. Uh, I thought a draw would be good for a team around us that we've, you know, struggled against some of the teams around us over the years. And to get a 6-1 win, wow. Wow, this this game was over in the first 20-odd minutes. Um, Watkins scoring two. 
and a beautiful lead-up play for his first goal. Um, and then obviously finishing off the hat-trick in the second half with a deflected shot in. Uh, the own goal for the third, uh, Eustupian, who, who was providing a lot of issues for us um, in the first half. Had a couple chances that he spurned. Uh, Fassi scored his goal in the second half to make it 3-1. And, and in the past, maybe would have been a little bit nerve-wracking. Uh, but as we said, Watkins finished off his hat-trick. Um, second hat-trick for him this season, but not in the Premier League. His other one obviously came in the qualifier against uh, Hibs there as well. Uh, Ramsey um, scored in the 85th. And Louise, after Watkins had a, a block shot, uh, sorry, a shot blocked, uh, Louise followed up with almost a tap in there. Oh, look, what can you say? I mean... Martinez, solid down back. Cash just really putting in. Um, Dean and Cash were the ones that a lot of us thought would be out of this team. Um, you know, come Marino coming back and, and, and other players as well. And obviously Ming's going out means that we have to cover there more. But Cash and Dean are just playing fabulous football. Pushing up nice and high um, as almost wingbacks there. McGinn, you know, he's had a couple off weeks. He's had a couple of brilliant weeks. The midfield was fantastic. Kamara, probably his best game of the year. Louise just absolutely marshalling things. Zaniola showing flashes, just not quite getting into the groove yet. But we're seven games in. Diaby's just, man, I'm just loving Diaby. And obviously Watkins, um, absolutely fabulous getting a hat trick. Um, you know, Ramsey, oh, yep. Duran coming on for a few minutes as well, and Tillman's right near the end. Uh, a lot of people, for some reason, bagging Tillman's. I still think there's a fair room for him to play. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of talk in the in the media, and I try not to listen to it once it gets to a certain point, are talking about how bad Brighton was. Brighton's had a fabulous start. They've been playing great football. It's going to happen in the Premier League. You know, we were thumped um, by Newcastle in the first game. The style of play that the Newcastles... Uh, the Brightons, the Villas and those teams, they're playing really lovely football to watch. And that means that occasionally that style is going to be caught out. Now, did we catch them out in a few different ways? Um, yeah, I think we really did. I don't think they closed us down. I think the teams that have closed us down this year, the Newcastle and, and Liverpool did it really well. When you close us down, we have to try and play through it. And at the moment, we're still learning how to be that team. But they just didn't seem to close us down. They lacked energy. Um, I thought it was a pretty poor, to be honest, Brighton performance. But let's forget that. Our performance just put them on the back foot from the start. You start slow in the Premier League. You start slow in Europe. And it's really hard to come back these days because the teams that are on fire, they can put a number of goals away. Um, yeah, as I said, I was so impressed with Dean and, and Cash. Just really fabulous. Um, their distribution's been absolutely gorgeous. You know, I've seen a lot of people rating Dean's game as a 6 or 7. I thought it was an 8 or 9. I just thought he was just so creative and, you know, set up the first goal. Um, and Diaby's just gliding through. Really happy that Kamara had a good game because he's been off and Louise, um, brilliant. So, look, you've all seen the highlights. You've all seen the game live. Villa Park was just loud again. You know, we know a little bit of the debacle with the, the ticket pricing and so forth for the um, cup game and, and so forth. The club needs to listen to this. The The cup games are, are for different supporters almost. They're for, for supporters who can't always get there or for families who can't afford the season pass and so forth. So let's not be silly, Villa. 
you've got good marketing people, you've got great um, production people, reduce the cost for the cup games, fill the ground out. That would have made a big difference for us last week. And then, you know, look at our form in the Prem. Uh, five from seven. We're fifth at the moment on 15 points, plus seven goal difference, one point behind Liverpool, and two points off second. Uh, Tottenham on 17 points. Hey, we're one win off Man City. If you, at the start of the season, don't know what had happened around us, if someone said, hey, um, I'm not going to tell you what the results are, but you're going to be three points behind City after seven games, I could not imagine one of us would not have taken that. Uh, you know, previous seasons, early on, we were we were looking, oh, you know, let's just get out of relegation uh, first, get out of that relegation kind of battle. But we're already 11 points out of any relegation battle. It's never going to be likely. But in previous years, and I want you to honestly think back, in previous years, we've looked over our shoulders for so much of the seasons. We've already put that gap. Uh, that That's that's not even going to be thought about now. Um so the teams around us, uh, or teams that people definitely thought were going to improve this year, uh, the Chelsea's and the Man U's who've spent a lot of money, and you know they're they're six and seven points adrift of us already, and we're three points off top. I said it a couple of weeks ago. I think we'll be pushing for a Champions League spot. There's going to be someone in there that we don't expect. Could it be a Tottenham? And could it be a Villa? Well, why not? I ask you, why not? You can tell me that the squad is thin. But we could have as you know we could have as big a squad as you want. Doesn't matter if your squad's not up to it. Look at the players coming into the team at the moment. They've let us down in the cup game, and some tactics let us down. And yes, um, in our first European game, we were caught out. No doubt in the world, we we I think we went into it, whether it was from coaching or managing or the players themselves. We just went into it. You know, we'll touch on this in a moment. But we went into it probably not where we should have been. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a look at some of your questions before we look at the European game tomorrow. So it'll be a much shorter podcast, obviously, with only one person. There's only so much of my voice you want to hear. But we'll get on to the, uh, uh, the villain, uh, Australian Villains uh, page, first of all. And we'll have a look there. We'll have a look at our group. So our page on Facebook is Australian Villa Fans. Um, we do post questions and, and different things up there as well. So we'll go look there first, then we'll get into our group, and then we'll get on Twitter. Um, so let's go and have a look. This is riveting, riveting for you guys right now, isn't it? Uh, okay, so no questions on the Facebook page, but there are certainly questions on the Facebook group, so we'll get in there now as well. Um, I'm not going to edit this out. You're going to see what it's like when you're one person by themselves. And I might pull a uh, hamstring injury myself. So on our Aussie Villains podcast page, so if you go and look for a group, Aussie Villains podcast um, and Villa Chat, so it's called Aussie Villains podcast and Villa Chat. It's a private group, but you're a Villa fan, just uh, request to come in and, and we'll certainly approve you there. We put up a lot of our polls and questions on there. Um, and we've got a regular here now on the questions. So Jonathan Northall asks, who are your top three players of the season so far? And he then so then uh, follows that up with also name three players who need to look at themselves and improve on the output. Um, so top three players of the season so far. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it's been a pretty even um, performance by by the squad at the moment. Um, I think for me, and and I'm happy to be wrong on any of these. And and I think it has to be. Um, not going to put it in any order. It has to be Louise Douglas. Louise has just gone from. 
potential to just outright sensation for me. He's just a cornerstone of our midfield. The gentleman's only 25 years of age, turned 25 only a few months ago, and just seems to be getting better and better. Um, the number six, Dougie Louise, has to be in the top three. So enterprising. Seems to be having so much fun. He's dropped a fair bit of that uh, a little bit of whinging that was happening as well. Um, but certainly, uh, I'd have Diaby in there as well. Uh, I just think that he's providing so much pace and really stressing people out there. Um, and, and it means that he people have to be accountable for him. Um, and third player, I mean, there's a lot of players here. Ramsey's been injured. Watkins has now started scoring goals. Um, so we got the RB, we got Louise, and it, you'd have to go. I mean, I could easily go down down the path of of Martinez. I think I'm going to go Conza. I think with the injury to Mings, Konza has really stepped up. Um, if he's not in the England squad, you know, I'm not English. We've got another uh, 25-year-old here. He's turning 26. Um, I'd be having him in the England squad. I'd have him in the Australian squad every day, of the, every day of the week. He's just getting better and better. He's starting to voice um, to the rest of the back line where they need to be. And for me, yeah, if I take Martinez out of it, it has to be Konza. So Konza... Louise uh, and Diaby is uh, sorry, yeah, and Diaby is my my three. And who has to step up? Well, probably anyone who has played. A really good question as well. Probably anyone who has played um, in 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 both the the cup and European comp had a really good opportunity um, to either cement or, or put their argument forward. And the guys that I would have said not long ago might have been Cash and Dean, but they've played fabulous. Um, you could say Tillemans, but he's not getting on the field, so. Look, I'm really happy with the squad. I I think it'd be easy for me to say, I mean, Bailey's injured now, and it'd be easy for me to say um, Bailey, because uh, he's coming in and out. It, theoretically, Watkins. I mean, I know he scored a hat-trick, but we need that consistent goal scoring from him. So um, he wants to score those goals. He scored four goals in seven matches and three assists, but I reckon he's got a goal a game in him. Um, we want that 20 goals. I reckon he can get the 20 goals this year. So I'm not saying he's playing bad, but he can step up, um, score some more goals. Uh, Bailey, when he gets his chance. And then, you know, when he's back from injury, uh, Buendia might have to have a look at himself. But, I, you know, I'm going to be positive on this. I don't really think any of the players at the moment need to uh, have a look at themselves. There's some players on the edge of the squad um, that, that are struggling and, it's hard when you're playing the inconsistent football. So great question, Jonathan. But I'll finish on the positive that I think the squad itself, I mean, five, if you just talk the Premier League, five wins in seven games is, is absolute dream, uh, dream time for us. Uh, so really appreciate that. We'll go and have a look on the uh, Twitter feed as well. So it's Aussie Villains. Um, and definitely a lot of good content there uh, in terms of interactions with, I'm not saying I put up good content. I'm actually saying that... Uh, you guys, interacting with it. it. It's absolutely brilliant. It's what we look for. So we've got Troy, no coder. Interesting few days coming up with our Europe leg and next Prem game. A few minor injuries will see some key players miss the conference game. Do you think he then plays, plays most other available regular starters? Yeah, Troy, it's a good question. And it's a fine balancing act of any, um, you know, we've got Zeminski Mustard tomorrow who are on top of the, uh, you know, Europa League conference for us. We need to get a result there. It's at Villa Park. We need the three points. Um, we get a point, you know, 
it's just good enough. It's just good enough. But we get the three, we're right back on track. Um, you know, our goal difference will be either level or, 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 or above them. Um, and we're going to need it because uh, Legia Warsaw and uh, Elkmar, as at Elkmar, play tomorrow. We're hoping that's a draw there. We get a win and we'd be either uh, in second or, or um, you know, if Elkmar win, um, you know, it's going to be all tied up on three points. So it's, I think, you know, we, we don't have the full squad with Bundia, Bailey and, and Mings out for the season, obviously, with Mings. So, um Lucky there's no suspensions there, but we're coming up to a few with some yellow cards as well. Not for the Europe games, but I think I think he cannot not play a full squad tomorrow. I think people, if he doesn't play a full squad, we've got Wolves on Sunday night. So we've got a tiny, tiny bit of, at least it's not like a, a Saturday night game. It's a Sunday night game. Yes, people consider it a derby. But I think if we're going to make any kind of run in the Europa Conference League, I think we're really going to have to go back-to-back. And then we don't play until the, uh, for a couple of weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we go fairly similar squads with uh, teams within a few days of each other because of that international break um, around the 15th, 16th of October, uh, 14th, 15th of October. So I think we're going to find they're going to be two fairly strong squads. Will Duran starts, man? I think you've got to put... Um, We'll come up to the Zerinsky Mostar game in a moment. So I might put that one on hold, but I think we're going to find we're going to have to play um, two fairly strong teams uh, over the next few days, Troy. Um, I don't think we've got any choice because we don't get a result uh, tomorrow morning in Europe. We are basically behind the eight ball, almost, almost out of contention there straight away. Good question, though. Ian Orman asks, which games, in your opinion, were the ones he got his tactics wrong? which just didn't work out, and which, if any, did he deliberately go under strength to keep his powder dry for later in the week? I think it's a bit of everything here, and it's a really good good question. You always ask great ones. I think we went into the first European Cup, Cup game a little bit. I don't think the tactics were wrong. I think the players just didn't come out of the gates. And, and we said this at the time, we're playing teams that they may not be the big names of Europe, but they're winning their own or coming second in their own competitions and they're strong competitions. Um, I think potentially the tactics were wrong. Um, I don't think the tactics were wrong against um, Newcastle, but certainly the Liverpool game, that's the game I can pinpoint that I thought the tactics were completely wrong. Um, we didn't shut down their ball players. And we were made to pay. I think that's the game of, of all of them. Uh, squads, yes, you've got to mix up your squad. So we can all, in hindsight, say that we should have played our strongest squad in every game. But the, the match that really showed to me that we, we just didn't have the right thought pattern about it, we didn't have the right tactics, and this does come on Emery in, in this regard, was that 3-0 loss um, to Liverpool. Trent Alexander-Arnold was not closed down at all. Now, yes, you can say the players, but that's a manager can easily say, you man-mark him. We weren't within five metres of Trent Alexander-Arnold that whole match, and he just distributed the the ball at will. So that would be the one game I would say that the tactics are wrong. I definitely think um, against Everton, um, I, I don't think, I don't really want to probably say this, but um, Olsen didn't have his worst game, but he's just not, that cover at the back, and I thought playing McGinn, so, you know, probably, you're right, probably um, playing McGinn, 
I think he was left back, wasn't he, for that game? Um, Torres, who's, who's out of form just next to him, he just had the wrong... He needed to almost put Conta next to him again in that regard, and Torres with cash. Uh, Dendonka was just... Um, not at his best. Tillemans and Diaby just didn't work together. So it was a, and I think we had Duran up front. So that that Everton game was a bit of everything. We overcharged our supporters. They didn't turn up in mass numbers. We came up against a desperate team, and tactically, um, position wise, and and also the players have to take ownership. They just weren't up for it. So they hope that answered the question. Um, if you disagree with that answer, I would love to hear what you've got to say there. Um, obviously, I don't pretend to be uh, any kind of expert in that way. Um, Ian asks again, uh, let's have a look. No, it's more of a statement there. He just said, good luck. And I definitely get the feeling of whiplash from YouTube is getting too high with the lows and too low with too low with the lows, too high with the highs and too low with the lows. Unai, uh, Unai is looking at the big picture and can see so many things we cannot. Plus, sometimes life and football is messy and the best laid plans blow up. Absolutely, Ian. Really good call. So, look, a few questions there from people, and we always appreciate them. But we've also got some questions. So, look, always put your questions up on at Aussie Villains on Twitter as well. It's a really good place, or on um, our, our group there as well. We do have some questions from Spud, Tess, and Rhino. So let's go and have a look at what they've got there. Ah, now, this is from Rhino. So Rhino, Rhino, oh, do I have to read it? Okay. Why are the Aussie villains presenters so devilish, uh, devilishly handsome? I can't even speak. Speech impediment. Um, why are we so handsome? I'll say that. Um, well, Rhino, you certainly are. Uh, yeah, Tess, yeah, Spud. Um, I'm not going to even grab that one, okay? Um, I think it's our personalities. Um, probably the fact that we follow Villa. I think that's probably done it there. And Ryan, I really need to let that one go because, yes, okay, cool. Uh, now, Spud has here, which outfield player that's available would be the hardest player to replace currently? Who would we miss the most? I think it has to be Douglas always. Um Yes, Ramsey would be right there with him, but he's been injured for a week or two at different times. Um, so for me right now, as we speak, it's got to be Dougie Louise. He's just energizer buzzy, uh, bunny. He's really covering so many different spots. Um, so yeah, look, great question as always, mate. And would have loved your tactical nails to answer that one, but yeah, Dougie Louise. Uh, now, Tess also has a question. Can you see Villa picking up nine points in the next three Premier League games? If not, who will be the team to stop us? I was going a little bit beyond that this week. I was doing the uh, going through the games, going win, 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 because I'm an you know I'm an optimist. So I'm going to actually go the next four games. Uh, Tess, just to give you a bit of balance there, and I actually think it's the first game of the four that's the danger game because we're playing at Wolves um, at Molyneux. They always seem to come up for it. We would have played. Um, yeah, only a couple of days before against Zerinsky Mostar. So that's going to be the one that's the danger game. The Wolves game, they just, they're up for it against us. Um, but I think, you know, if we play anywhere near what we've done in the Prem this year, um, we'll take the three points from Wolves. We'll take the three points at home against West Ham. We will take Luton apart um, after the, the, the break. And then we will go to play Nottingham Forest, and we'll take three points there at the city ground. So we're going to get 12 points uh, in the next four uh, EPL games, which means we will be on nine wins out of 11 games, if I'm correct there. 
So, yeah, if I put the jinx on us, it's my fault. Um, certainly, you can blame me for the tactics of calling out that. But the danger game will be this Sunday night. That's the one I think, uh, if anything, will be will be the one that could cause us a, a little bit of trouble there. Um, yeah, playing playing Wolves on Sunday night. I just They just always seem to be up for it, and I hate to say that, but they do. Um, so, you know, they've got... Um, They've got, what have they got coming up? So they played City and they had a good win there. They've got the break. They'll be fresh. They'll be coming at us. And uh, I'm not even sure what kind of injuries they've got at the moment. Um, it doesn't even look like they've got any sus- uh, suspensions or injuries. So we're coming up against a very full and hungry squad. Um, they've climbed out of that kind of relegation battle. They'll be coming hard at us. But I think they're pretty leaky down back. So I'm, you know, we'll come to a, a preview on that. Uh, in a moment. But they're the questions um, for the week. Um, and then, you know, tomorrow morning, as we said, um, huge game, huge game for us. It, it keeps us in the conference, this game. We need a win. We're at home. Let's hope that the it's really packed out. It's a beautiful atmosphere. Uh, Thursday night uh, at Villa Park, Friday morning for us in Australia. It's a 5 a.m. kickoff, so I'll be getting up to go to work. I'll, I'll have that on. Um, in the background there, it's on Stan Sport in Australia, unless you find other areas to stream it. But Zerinsky Mostar, it's a tough one because we don't see them, right? But for their their recent form, I think they've won. Uh, they're in fourth um, in on their ladder in their Premier League there in the Bosnia Bosnia Herzegovina League. Geez, I'm really doing the uh, doing it well here, but they're in fourth. Um, five wins, two losses there. So uh, doing really well. Um, they have won eight titles. They've won two cups. Um, they won the title last year there. So they're in huge form. Uh, don't underestimate the Bosnia uh, leagues. But if we're going to get back into it, as we said, tomorrow's the game. Got, got to play a very strong squad, knowing that we're going to have, after these two hard games, we're going to have uh, you know a two-week break, basically. So I think we really have to go for it. They're on three points plus one. Uh, Legia Warsaw, you're on three points plus one. Both Elkmar and Villa are on minus one. Um, so it is so tight there. We get that win. Um, if Elkmar can win or at least hold uh, Legia Warsaw to a draw, then we're right back in it. I think we have to go with our strongest squad, try and get out there early at Villa Park and then make changes. I think that's what we're all going to be asking for. Um, I'm, I'm actually confident we're going to get the three points. I think we'll be 2-0 up in the first half and we will win... No, 4-0. Four, four we're going to win 4-0. So that's uh, my my feelings for that game. Here we come to Wolves on Sunday night. I still think we're going to play a fairly strong squad. I think Watkins will start both games and then I, uh, we'll see how we go there. Um, I think players like um, Dean and, and Cash will, will get their runs. Uh, perhaps Tillman's will come on far earlier, but this is a very dangerous game for us. Um, look, eternal pessimist that I am, I'll, I'll literally would be absolutely stoked with a win uh, and I'll take a draw away. So, ah, damn it, I have to do it, don't I? Two all, Wolves and Villa, and we lead twice. So I hate to say it, um, First goal, Tillemans actually goes for a cross 
Um, but it beats everyone, drifts through, and it's given as a goal to him. Uh, won't talk about the Wolves goal scorers, but uh, Oi Watkins continues his form because when he starts scoring, he seems to get on a roll then. He'll get a tap in at the back post. We think we've won it. Wolves get a late equaliser, unfortunately, to all. I completely hope I'm wrong there. So, guys, much shorter podcast than normal, but it's just me. You don't want to hear my voice too much. One question I would like to ask back to you guys is who is a great question before? Who is the one defender, and we'll keep Martinez out of it, who is the one defender we cannot afford um, to be missing at the moment? And who is the one midfielder that we cannot afford to be missing at the moment? So put your... Put your uh, Answers up there or put a post up on Twitter or Facebook. Who is the one defender we can't miss now? And who is the one midfielder that we can't miss now? This is the Aussie Villains podcast. Up the villa. Ah, thanks for listening to the Aussie Villains podcast. It was me going hand solo, so sorry I was a little bit all over the place tonight. But hopefully we get that win tomorrow. And at Villa Park, we're back in the hunt for the Europa Conference. And then Sunday night, I hope I'm completely wrong with the two all and that we take the points against the Wolves. As always, up the Villa.